President Tsai Ing-wen says a Chinese invasion of Taiwan is unlikely for now. She was speaking in a pre-recorded interview to the New York Times that aired on Wednesday. When asked about China's intent to unify with Taiwan, Tsai said it was unlikely to happen soon, given that China was, quote, overwhelmed by its internal challenges. But Tsai did note Beijing's use of military threats and economic coercion, and said Taiwan would respond by strengthening its democracy. Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. President Tsai Ing-wen was featured Wednesday on DealBook Summit, hosted by the New York Times. U.S.-China dynamics and cross-street issues took center stage. When asked about the risk of China invading, Tsai said it was unlikely to happen soon. I think the Chinese uh, uh, leadership at this juncture um, is overwhelmed by its internal challenges. And my thought is that perhaps uh, this is not a time for them to consider a major invasion of Taiwan. Tsai said China was struggling not only with economic, financial and political challenges, but with the fact that the international community did not want war. Uh, the international community has made it loud and clear that war is not an option and peace and stability serves everybody's interests. The people of Taiwan remain clear-eyed about the situation, and we continue to make our utmost efforts to strengthen our defense capabilities and societal resilience. Tsai noted the increasing frequency of military intimidation, cyber attacks, and information manipulation from China. She said Taiwan's people were clear-eyed about the threats they faced and that the government was committed to bolstering defense. Turning to the U.S.'s domestic chip expansion, interviewer Andrew Sorkin asked if Tsai feared the policy would lower Taiwan's strategic value for the U.S. As far as we're concerned for the moment, it's a good move in the sense that uh, we are helping our allies and our friends in terms of building the supply chain resilience. But at the same time, we'll be able to use resources available in the United States, especially human resources and talent. We're pretty confident that this, the capacity that we have now and the importance of our industry cannot be replaced anywhere else. Tsai said Taiwan would continue to engage with the international community and to forge deeper, closer partnerships. DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde discussed his economic policies on Thursday at a forum hosted by nine business groups. Lai said that if elected, he'll target GDP growth of at least 3.5 percent a year. Speaking on how he'll engage with Beijing, Lai said he'll always keep his door open to China as long as dialogue is based on mutual respect. DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde spoke at a forum held by nine business groups on Thursday. He started out by addressing cross-strait issues. Taiwan hopes to be friends with China if that friendship can be based on equality and dignity. As president, the door for communication and dialogue will always be open. I am willing to work together with China on various issues for the well-being of our peoples. Embracing China's proposals in full will not bring enduring peace and security to Taiwan. But Lai's remarks failed to fully assure his audience. During the Q&A segment, General Chamber of Commerce President Paul Xu pressed for more clarity. On the issue of cross-strait exchanges, I'd like to ask, how will cross-strait exchanges proceed in the future? 
If Taiwan accepts the 1992 consensus and we open up to services trade with China and we let large numbers of Chinese students come and work here, will Taiwan attain peace? No, that's impossible. China attacks Taiwan because it wants to take over Taiwan. Even before the founding of the DPP, there was the second Taiwan Strait crisis of 1958. Taking over Taiwan is China's national policy. Lai laid out facts and figures to build his case. China has blocked us off, so we have to go in a different direction. If one road is cut off, you have to find a different way forward, a way that makes you even more successful. Let's compare the data from the last year of the Mao administration with last year's data. Foreign trade surged by 70%, and our economy grew from 17 trillion NT to 23 trillion NT. Do you have a concrete target in mind for Taiwan's GDP growth rate? The average GDP growth rate during the eight years of the Ma administration was 3%. During the Tsai administration, the figure has been 3.4%. If I become president, my goal is to not let the growth rate slip below 3.5%. Facing questions on the economy, China and domestic politics, Lai fielded each with ease, drawing from his years in the government. Taiwan and friends have set up a new milestone in science and technology collaboration. Taiwan's National Science and Technology Council and the French office in Taipei held a press conference on Wednesday to announce the signing of a cooperation convention. This agreement focuses on six areas, including artificial intelligence, semiconductors and quantum technology. The inaugural Taiwan-France Science and Technology Meeting is scheduled for the first half of next year. At a joint press conference, Taiwan's National Science and Technology Council and the French office in Taipei announced the signing of a Science and Technology Cooperation Convention. It focuses on six areas, including artificial intelligence, green energy, semiconductors and quantum technology, establishing a comprehensive partnership in scientific research. These areas of cooperation are Taiwan's strengths. We congratulate our colleagues in Taiwan's scientific research community. Your efforts have brought global recognition to Taiwan and enabled us to collaborate further with academics and experts from these countries. I believe that doing so is a good strategy that will achieve a win-win situation. Over the past three years, the National Science and Technology Council has proactively engaged in exchanges and collaborations with tech powerhouses, signing deals with the U.S. and Germany. Now, after a year of effort and discussions, Taiwan has signed an agreement with France. The two sides agree to hold regular scientific research conferences. The inaugural event, scheduled for May 2024, will center on science and technology policy and academic research. In the face of the changes and challenges of future technology, our national policies on science and technology are also changing. If we are able to approach this collaboration venture from a national perspective, we'll be in a good position to seize opportunities. This convention that we have signed today provides the framework both to organize and to expand our scientific partnership. By combining their complementary strengths, Taiwan and France will strive to allow more fundamental research to be translated into industrial applications. 
a Chinese immigrant is bringing vibrant sculptures to the streets of Taichung. Wu Yunqing is from Wuhan in China, and when she first moved to Taiwan at the age of 28, sold her local cuisine as a way of, to make a living. But eight years later, she started her new career as a professional sculptor. Now her community's walls are covered in her exquisite 3D artwork. Wu's dream is to build up a team of sculptors with whom to create an international brand. Stepping into Wu Yunjing's studio feels like wandering into a relief sculpture museum. This relief of the moon will metamorphose under different lights and is a favorite backdrop for selfies among visitors. Another treasured piece is this peacock. The peacock is the jewel in the crown of the studio because technically the most difficult thing is to get all the individual feathers to stand up. Each sculpture is intricate and lovely, but as Wu explains, dedicating yourself to relief is basically equivalent to becoming a cement layer. When I first started working with heavy machinery, it was a bit scary. They have motors and you need to be aware of safety issues. When I first started, mixing the materials would make my hand ache, and I could barely lift my arm afterward. It's a big challenge physically. Despite the tough process, Wu loves her work. Walls in her community are adorned with vivid 3D sculptures of magical creatures to confer protection. Under the sunshine, glitter Buddhas imbued with prayers for local families. The whole world is Wu's canvas. Old houses built 50 or 60 years ago become home to exciting landscape sculptures under her hands. These two mountains are a hybrid application using 24 karat gold leaf, so they shine in all conditions, sunlight, moonlight, or pitch dark. And Wu has also started to teach students. She wants to cultivate a pool of relief sculptors in Taiwan so that together they can form a Taiwan relief team. Taiwan is an excellent platform on which to reach the world stage. I'd like to have a brand team to take on everything from the materials to the culture to bring together the essence of all the good things. Wu hopes to one day have a team to create a relief sculpture brand and to bring her art from Taiwan to the world. Taiwan is seeing a spike in interest from international tourists. Travel website like Expedia reveals that flight searches for Taipei rose by 2,786% compared to the year before. This popularity might be thanks to U.S.-China tensions, according to a Taiwanese travel agent. We've seen a 30 to 40 percent increase in inquiries from Europe compared to before the pandemic. That's incredibly high. I find it astonishing. Under the impact of US-China tensions, Taiwan has become an increasingly familiar name in Europe and the US. They're worried about a crisis breaking out in the Taiwan Strait, and they want to come see Taiwan before war breaks out. Another travel site, Skyscanner, says that among French travelers, Taipei was the fifth most searched destination. That puts Taiwan among France's favorite Asian locales, right up there with Japan and India. And that's not all. Japanese travel agency HIS has ranked Taiwan the number two place to ringing the new year, second only to Seoul. Austrian real estate giant Cigna has declared insolvency 
becoming the single biggest victim of Europe's property crash. As waves of credit turmoil sends global markets crashing, Taiwan is somehow emerging unscathed. What has contributed to the stability of Taiwan's housing market? Experts weigh in. In Hamburg, Germany, a 64-story skyscraper stands unfinished. Its Austrian developer, Signa, has failed in its last-ditch efforts to raise funds. With an estimated debt of 445.9 billion NT, the property giant has filed for bankruptcy, becoming the largest casualty of Europe's property crash. Similarly in China, the woes of three major private real estate firms have sparked a financial crisis. Insolvency has struck developers across the globe, from the UK, Germany and Sweden to Australia, China and South Korea. Yet Taiwan's real estate market remains calm. In Europe and the U.S., they offer substantial subsidies to first-time homebuyers, whereas Taiwan only offers interest rate subsidies. Whenever there is a major crisis in the housing market, governments have to consider whether to step in and save it. Though Taiwan has averted the storm, we should still be cautious and conservative. Before the pandemic, loose money policies gave a boost to housing markets in many countries. But in the post-pandemic era, rising interest rates and skyrocketing construction costs have triggered a global market collapse. In the UK, 4,280 construction companies went bankrupt over the past year. In Sweden, more than 5,000 defaulted on payments, while 1,709 companies in Australia filed for bankruptcy. In China, nine of the ten biggest real estate developers have defaulted or gone bankrupt. How is it that Taiwan is holding up? Taiwan's housing market didn't see a great surge. Compared to developed nations, Taiwan's housing market is still in the middle range. If you subtract the increase in construction costs and take into account the consumer price index, on average, housing prices only increase by 1.9% every year. But we've reached a point where the bullish market is coming to an end. We're beginning to see the death cross in the real estate market. The analyst believes that Taiwan's bullish market will decline and end within two years. Even if fresh government incentives are offered, he believes the market will show a downward correction by the first quarter of 2024. Turning to the markets, the price of gold is making a comeback ahead of an expected rate hike by the U.S. Federal Reserve. Spot gold surged to 2044 U.S. dollars per ounce on Wednesday. That's an increase of more than 12 percent since October. Next year, once the cycle of interest rate cuts starts in earnest, gold is likely to hit new historical highs. The market is projecting that this will happen around May or June, so long as the price doesn't fall below the 1,940 to 1,950 US dollar range, gold is expected to continue an upward trajectory. So long as the greenback continues to weaken, I think that gold will continue to rise. For now, the thing to watch is the next CPI data. If the number is below 2%, that's assurance that inflation is slowing. The analyst says that the outlook for gold is shining bright. But he says investors must still factor in the impact of inflation and armed conflicts, including those in Ukraine and the Gaza Strip. Bratislava's Yonoska Ensemble is coming to Taiwan. The group specializes in creating novel arrangements based on classical music, fusing jazz, 
pop, and other musical traditions. It will perform two concerts in Taiwan this December. FTB reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Janoska Ensemble is made up of three brothers from Bratislava, Andrei and Roman Janoska on violin and Frantisek Janoska on piano, along with their brother-in-law, Julius Dervis, on the double bass. The four members have a background in classical music, but their work spans diverse genres. They are known for their creative improvisation, which yields a unique musical style. Known as the Janoska style, this special sound fuses a variety of music genres as the group turns classic pieces into new arrangements. The ensemble will perform in Taiwan in December. They bring classical, jazz, folk, and a little bit of pop in a very unique cross-border performance. Their music brings a lot of surprises, such as the way they interpret classical music with a very masterful sense of rhythm. During the performance, you'll hear them adapting Hungarian dance music. The ensemble's second album, Revolution, showcases original compositions and a tribute to the Beatles. Their fourth album, The Four Seasons, is in the works and is slated for release next October. Janoska Ensemble's last trip to Taiwan was six years ago. The last time they were here was about six years ago, when they had just released their first album. At that time, things were mainly a classical crossover. Over the six years since, they've released two recordings. One is called Revolution, which melds the Beatles with classical music. The work they'll present this time is from their latest album. Janoska Ensemble will perform at the National Concert Hall in Taipei on December 27th and at the National Taizong Theatre in Taizong on the 28th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Zhen Chen Luo in Taipei. How did the forest animals cross the road? In Yilan's Taipingshan National Forest, they're doing it creatively by using ladders inside drainage ditches. Since 2021, Yilan officials have had ladders inside its forest drainage system to allow animals to escape if they fall in. So far, 34 ladders have been installed. Officials say the ladders are being used for their intended purpose, but animals are also using them to cross dangerous roads with fast traffic. Since 2021, we've been setting up escape ladders near the forest roads at locations where animals are prone to getting trapped. At the same time, we set up portable infrared cameras near those ladders to see how animals are using them. In addition to using the ladders to escape from drainage ditches, animals are also using the drainage infrastructure, that is, the connected tunnels and pipes, to travel from the slope on one side of the forest road to another. Traffic can be heavy in Yilan's Taipingshan National Forest, which is a popular recreation area. To avoid fast cars, animals have been using the ladders to get to the other side of the forest roads safe and sound. Residents of Wanhua District in Taipei may have noticed some wooden charging stations installed by the side of the road. A local borough warden is to thank for their homemade boxes, which she, which she created to provide free phone charging. After two years, residents have become found of the service. 
带手机。I never go out without my phone, but it's stressful when your battery drops below thirty percent and you don't have a power bank. One borough chief is hoping to relieve that anxiety with a homemade charging station. The colorful boxes can be found along the sidewalk, pieced together from wooden planks. They also come with three cords to work with every type of phone. It's cute, and the design is great. In the evenings, there's usually someone chatting over there while their phone is charging. It's great. If my phone dies, I can come charge it. Two years ago, the Xinhe Borough Chief in Taipei's Wanhua found a helper to design, assemble, and paint the boxes. She then installed one outside the rest area and one near the security kiosk. They must be heavily used since I've had to fix them many times. People tell me your charging stations are super convenient. They've saved me twice. I don't trust it. How do I know it's safe? However, some people are concerned about security, as there have been reports from abroad of scammers swapping out equipment to steal data. Chiu Huiwen therefore locks everything up and sends someone every day to make sure they haven't been tampered with. Locking it is obviously good. It's best to keep facing your phone when charging because if someone is trying to synchronize your data, it will display on the screen. Experts also suggest keeping an eye on any notifications to stay safe while charging. A Swedish music platform has unveiled its 2023 year-end music charts. American pop icon Taylor Swift came up on top as the most streamed artist globally. She was also the second most streamed artist in Taiwan. As for the most streamed artist, that was Taiwan's very own Jay Chou. Three other Taiwanese artists made the top ten were. Accused Five, Eric Joe, and Mayday.